Oh, if you have a cell phone, please make sure they're turned off or in silent mode. Please turn your Bibles or your Bible app to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24. I'm reading from the New International Version. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Hold on, no, that's the word. I, I went verse 25. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Uh, I'm going to say another word of prayer, and then we're getting to get into our message. Uh, let me get into here. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us, that we are able to again uh, praise you and worship you with our lips through the songs and through the prayers. We thank you for the people that have followed you in the water baptism. We pray, Father God, that this is just the beginning of their journey with you, a fruitful journey with you, Lord God, of them professing to the world that they belong to you. I pray right now, Lord God, as we study your word, that your Holy Spirit be the one to teach any and all of us here in this room and in the ones that have joined us online. I pray that the Holy Spirit that indwells in all your believers, Father God, will be the one to reveal to them your message. I pray for humility for all of us, Lord. Let us know, Lord God, that it is you that is speaking to us. And Father, forgive us for all of our sins. And we thank you, Father, for this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so I entitled our message tonight, Fit for Christ. Fit for Christ. Now, uh, fit for Christ now means a lot of things. Particularly, fit now is a short for outfit, apparently. I had to find out because a brother of ours started an Instagram page with the name FICF Fits. So I started thinking, what is Fits? What is FICF Fits? Little did I know, it's a short for outfit. So um, this brother randomly select, selects, I don't, I don't think it's random, he looks for somebody who's best dressed. But he, he, he's the only one who has the categories for it, the criteria. He, he's the one who knows what he's looking for. And he takes pictures of a brother or a sister and he posts it there. Um, so... So next Sunday, if you want to be in the page, <laughs> no, no, no. But, there, but there's also the fit where are you physically fit for Christ? Are you fit for Christ? But what we just read is, is Paul saying removing our old outfits, our old selves, and then putting on the new self, right? The new self. And, you know, the word that putting on Putting on, that word putting on means sinking in. The original language is to sink into Christ. To, we, have, we are to sink into, we are to put away. The original meaning of the put away is just like how it said, put it away, put it aside, remove it. But the putting on is different. It's sinking into Christ. Sink into it, right? So it's different. Um, some of you guys are having your own Bible study. Um, here, verse 17, it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. 
in the futility of their thinking. Now, unfortunately, as much as it is true in Paul's time, when this letter was written, it's still very much true today. That during that time, their life was very promiscuous. They're very much indulging in, in you know, sexual promiscuity. They were very morally not upright. So Paul implied, it's implied there that Paul is already saying that you used to live that way. But now that you belong to Christ, you are not to live like that anymore. You have to be the new creation that Christ has intended you to be. We are not to live the way we used to live. Our old selves, which is what is, the first point is in style. What is in style? The problem is what's in style. What do I mean? What I mean is this. What's in style is not what God wants all the time. Amen? Fashion-wise, fashion-wise, what's in style most of the time is not what God wants. I have a, I have a girl. Fortunately, I have a girl. So in a way that I become compassionate to the people who have girls. Because the clothing for girls, somehow the in-style is too revealing. Too revealing. So it's, what's in-style is always just not aligned with the Lord. Hold on, I'm, so, I'm distracted. Sorry. The same Paul... The same Paul that told us about election, that it wasn't our decision really, but we were there. We knew we made that decision, but Paul spoke about election, that it was God's decision. The same Paul that spoke about grace, it is by grace, not by works. It's that same Paul that is now telling us that we as Christians, the new creations, need to be living in a holy and righteous way. I know we've been in, in Ephesians for quite some time, and I know we've been in chapter 4 for quite some time. But because, because it's just too, there's so many gems in, in, in this chapter that we, typically I would just want to get out of, of a study so we can say, oh, we studied Ephesians at FICF. But there's just so much in there. You know, last time we talked about love, right? When, when Paul said, in love, that we need to be doing everything because of our love for the Lord. And because of our love for the Lord, we end up loving our brothers and sisters. We, before that, we spoke about the spiritual gifts. And all that spiritual gifts that God has given to us is to enable each other, to help each other to grow. And now what, we're, what Paul is telling us now is the life that you now have, you must live it holy and righteous. You are not to live the way you used to. Now, P Peter echoes Paul in this one. In, in 1 Peter 4, 3, 4. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness, and wild parties, and their ter terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you long, no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destruct, destructive things they do. So they slander you. I, I wanted to include the last one because if you are to live for the Lord, the next part is the result. The last part. So they slander you because they can't believe it, right? If, if you used to party with them and now you're not, they're going to say, what's wrong with you? Why are you so boring? Right? Why are you boring? You have had enough of it. Some of us, some of us, we know of the things. We can still remember, right? The things that we used to do before Christ. But some of us, when we remember it, we say it with a smile. Like we miss it. Oh man, those were the good old days, we say. Now, if, if, if you're a reflection of your old life and you have that kind of no, uh, uh, notion, then there's really not you're still not truly in love with the Lord yet. There's still very much flesh in there involved. Now, if, this is not to say that we are now living a perfect life. It's hard. It's frustrating. I want to walk a perfect life. I really do. A holy and righteous. 
worthy of the, the calling of, and the title of a pastor. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen that easy. It's easier said than done. But we don't feel condemned. We should not feel condemned because that's, that's from the enemy. But we should feel the rebuke from the Holy Spirit. And then we are, are to know, just like our study in, in, in chapter 2, when Paul spoke about grace, that we have been positionally saved. Christ has positionally saved us. We are done with that. But the process of sanctification, guys, the process of sanctification is an ongoing thing until we make it to heaven. Amen? Now, this text from Paul in Ephesians 4.17 was written thousands of years ago, but it's still very much in style. It's still very much in style. A lot of Christians are still good to be reminded of this, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. with the futility of their thinking. Because their thinking is what? We, we live now and then we die later because in heaven there is no beer. Right? We drink now because in heaven there's no beer. We, I don't want to go to church now because once I go to heaven, I'm going to be going to church all the time. And I can barely stand church right now. Right? But our thinking needs to be, it needs to be changed. Because the, the people that don't belong to Christ, their, their understanding is darkened. And their hearts are hard. Now, if you have been changed, the first thing that was changed in you must be your heart. Because that's what it says in Ezekiel. Right? In Ezekiel, that's what it says. That we, God will change the heart of stone and then make it into a heart of flesh. The things that we used to do before, and then you end up doing it now as a Christian, doesn't it bother you? as simple as raging on the road, right? Before, before I was a Christian, I would rage on the road and I'll just go about my day. I could care less. He made a mistake. But then now that I'm a Christian, it bothers me. When I yell at my children, it bothers me. Maybe I didn't yell enough, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's in style. What's in style is, the world is still against God. The world is still very much against God. And if the Bible tells us, and Paul reminding us again, that the world's heart and their thinking is dark and it's not aligned, and what are you doing listening to the world, Christian? If you are a Christian, what is your business listening to worldly advice. Right? Because it says there, they have lost all sensitivity. They are callous. They are callous. Them having premarital sex is the normal thing now. Having sex outside marriage is the normal thing. Correct? And you getting married, you're stupid. Why are you getting married? You can have sex outside marriage, right? They treat it as if you're just, it's just another thing to do on a Saturday night or a Friday night. But us Christians, we are to know better. So we are to live differently. And see, they gave themselves over sensual, to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Isn't that what's in style right now? I think so. That is what's in style right now. And that is what's, what the problem is. Now, if you are of the Lord, the world will hate you. If you are of the Lord, you will hate the world. That's how it should be. Don't you think? Don't you agree? And now we were talking about fit for Christ, right? Sometimes when we, when we wear clothing, right, when we, for me, if when I have to go to an appointment and it's an intimidating appointment and for me to get in focus, to be focused to what I need to do, I will dress up and put my suit on. You know, that kind of gets me, in, 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 gets me focused. And then when I'm going to play basketball, it's hard for me to play basketball if I'm wearing the wrong clothes. I have to wear at least you know, a jersey, 
You know, I'll wear my Kobe Bryant jersey, but it won't help me to play like Kobe, but it'll get me like, all right, I'm here to play ball, right? Now, if that is true in our physical world, why do, don't we approach our spiritual life the same way? If we are to, if we call ourselves Christians, little Christ, and we are spiritual beings, why are we approaching our life without putting on Christ? Then we are still approaching problems for our ministry with our old ways, approaching our, 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 our family with our old ways, not putting on Christ. Because the problem is many, everything about the world and everyone of the world is against God. And what's against God is always in style. It's always the fashion thing. It's always fashionable. What's fashionable is if you're against God. What's boring is if you're with God and for God. Now, this is a quote from R. Kent. There, there. Sorry, John, John. This is a quote from R. Kent Hughes. He wrote the, the Mystery of the Body of Christ. It's about the book of Ephesians. Our culture is hell-bent in its cavalier, reckless pursuit of sin, and it makes psychopaths its martyrs and drag queens its models. Isn't that what the world is now? And you know what? He wrote this book in 1990. In 1990. So you might as well look at, look at it and it's like, oh, well, it's so prophetic because it happened. That is what the world is now. Did you know, in, 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 at least in New York, in my research, there is a, 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 um, a drag queen reading session. You can bring your kid from one to three and they will have drag queens read them stories. And you are not to frown on those things or else you are called a bigot, a close-minded person, Stupid and ignorant. All right, Mike. Okay, I think I think my pants were too tight. COVID, the COVID, this really shrunk my clothes. <sighs> Ezekiel. <laughs> so, okay, go back to the quote, please. There you go. In Ezekiel 36, 27, 26 to 27, it reads, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. And be careful to keep... And in John 8, 42 to 20, uh, 44 reads, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. What's the problem? What's in style is the world is against God. The world and the laws that are being set now and being made is to go against God. And if you are to stand with the world, then you are standing against God. And if you are to stand with God, you are to stand against the world. So believer, how much do you love the world? How much the, of the world is in your life? Or how much is your life about the world? Because the problem 
what's in style is against God's will. Now, why? The, the, next pro the first was the problem that's in style. Why? And I say why because it's out of style. What's out of style? However, this is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to lay it aside, to remove it, which is being corrupted by its, its deceitful desires. I put out of style there because sadly, even for believers, it is out of style to come to church. It's optional, right? It's summer. There's a lot of things to do. It's easier to drive to California and back. It's out of style. I can go to my podcast and listen to it. It's out of style to follow God closely. It's out of style to really live for the Lord. It's out of style, right? It's out of style to be obedient to God. It's an option now. If it's an option then and it's an option now. But Paul is reminding the believers that, hey, you were taught that you are not to live that way because you, are, you were taught to live like Christ. And Christ was what? He denied himself. Him being God, he denied that. He was born in a manger. He was persecuted for, for us. He was innocent. He was in the, in the mockery of a court hearing. But we treat him as an option. To live for him is an option. To come to church is an option. To read our word is an option. To say a word of prayer, to live for God is an option. It's out of style. It's out of style to read the Bible. It's out of style to join Bible studies. when They're available. And when they're available, it's not in our schedule. We never worked. Do you know this? We just came back from vacation, and we had to make our schedule work for our vacation, you know? And I was thinking, I'm like, how many times did I make my schedule work for the Lord? Be because we don't, right? How many of you have called in to be at church? <laughs> but how many of you have called in to go on a vacation or a party? How many of you were late to your flight to go home to the Philippines when it was allowed to go, when we were allowed to go? How many of you were late to come to church last year, last month? All right, it's, it's optional. When it comes to God, it's optional. It's out of style. It's out of style to give to God. Our finances, it's, it's optional. It's optional because what? We're saved by grace. But boy, we got to buy that fit, the latest fit, so we can make it to the page, right? Whether it may be the newest, most expensive $75 shirt <laughs> or anything. But when it comes to God, it's optional. Ah, the other guys will do it. She's a nurse. He's a nurse. I just saw him put an envelope there. Why would I... <laughs> He probably covered it, or she covered it. It's out of style. Right? Look, I hope if I'm hitting close to home, I'm really not singling you out. I, I've, I've, walked, I've walked this Christian life too imperfectly, unfortunately. I've treated my relationship with the Lord optional for many years. But... That's why I was telling John, I go, man, if, if I just look past, if I read past Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and if I didn't skip all the way to Ephesians 6, where it just says, wives, submit to your husbands, because that's all I used Ephesians for. I used Ephesians for the predestination. I used Ephesians for, once, uh, for grace that you've been saved, and I used it to have Anna submit to me in Ephesians 6. But there's so much. There's holy living. We are Christians, 
and we are to live a holy life. We are not to live our old ways. Now, I, um, probably a total of four, if I'm counting it right, four or six flights uh, that I was, me and my family were in. And you guys will probably be familiar with this. It says, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the crew, I ask you that you please direct your attention to the monitors above as we review the emergency procedures. There are six emergency exits on the aircraft. You know this, right? Take a minute to locate the exit closest to you. Note that the nearest exit may be behind you. Count the number of rows to this exit. Should the cabin experience sudden pressure loss? Now, this is great to hear when you're scared of flying. This is the perfect thing to hear. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> In case the thing will drop, right? They, 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 they say this, this whole verbiage, a, a minute and seven seconds total, every time you get in the aircraft, every time, you know? And you know what? I had, I still have, at least on my flight, I didn't hear this. I didn't hear this, when, when, which I typically hear when it comes to God's word. You know what? I heard this before. Can we just get on with my life? I've heard that before. You know, I didn't see any passengers say, excuse me, uh, flight attendant, I've heard this earlier coming here. Can you just skip this and let's go on and let's get to my vacation? Or I didn't hear this. I, because I hear this. I hear this when it comes to God's word. I don't like what I'm hearing. It's causing me more anxiety. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I like the other part where I'm going to get to my vacation. I like that part. I like the part where God is love. I don't like the part where God is just. Let's skip that part. Or I'm deeply offended that you have to say that. I didn't see any passenger, excuse me, but I'm deeply offended of you saying that the cabin might lose pressure, that we might go underwater if, we, if there's an emergency. I, I'm offended with that. I, I, can you please just take that out? Don't say that ever again. Oh, but when it comes to Christ, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to studying the word, oh yeah, we say these things. And then lastly, I, when they said, okay, if you're wearing a mask, remove your mask first and then put on the oxygen first before you help someone else, right? I didn't hear anybody say, my body, my choice. But I did it, at least at my, the flights that I were in. Everyone was compliant. Why? Because no one wanted to get hurt. Hurt by what? Hurt by being removed from their flight and miss their whole vac ruin their vacation or going home. They didn't want to do that, right? But when it comes to God, it's optional. It's out of style. This Bible is old school. Why would you believe in fairy tales? That's been written 2,000 years ago. It's out of style. Everyone was compliant. And then lastly, if none of these unfortunate things happen, no one, at least at the flights where we were in, everyone complied because they want to go to their destination. We complied because we knew that those things could happen. I was, I was you know, I'm, I'm, there, I had two problems there. I hate flying and I can't swim. So every time they make the announcement, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to check if the life jacket's there. Okay, the life jacket's here. Where's the oxygen going to drop? Okay, right there. How much boxing out do I need to do with my, my seatmates here? You know, it, I was listening. But see, when it comes to God, how, how many times do we, how many times do we really need to know that we have to live a holy life? And then you, and some people say, man, he keeps talking about the same thing. Well, you keep screwing up in the same way, <laughs> Right? Lord, you keep telling me the same thing. Lord, you keep telling me the same thing. Then maybe you're not getting the message, right? Because until we get the message, then God will go to the next message. Until we, get, uh, until we finish that one level, then God will bring us to the next level. Then he will, he's so patient with us. He's going to keep saying it over and over and over again until we truly get it.
that's a safety briefing. When it comes to spiritual life and health and learning, we hear, we hear things and we say we got it, but our actions somehow don't follow it. Now, what's the solution? Oh, here's the, uh, let's read this one. It says that, however, it's not the way you learned when you heard about Christ. When you're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught and with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And in Romans 6, 4 reads, we were therefore buried with him. See, we, 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 through baptism, we don't like that part or we don't get it or we don't want to get it that our old selves should have been buried with Christ. That's a symbolism. So when we, those of us who followed Christ in the water baptism, that's a symbolism. When we went down in the water, our old self and all the things that we used to do died with Christ. And then when we came out, that's the new us. That's like Christ coming out, resurrecting from the dead. That's the new us. But how, why are we still living like the old us, which should have been buried, right? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. Why? The same Paul that spoke about grace, because Paul championed grace, right? Over and over again, in all of his letters, he champions grace. He tells us that we don't make it to heaven because of our good works, but it's all because of Christ's grace, right? Because of the work of Christ on the cross and us accepting that gift of grace. That's why we are going to go to heaven. But he keeps telling us too that we are to walk in the newness of life, in the resurrected life. Now, I get it. It's tough. It's tough. So the third, third point is the title. The solution is to be fit, to put on, to put on the new life, to put on Christ, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's the first point. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now Paul's letter to the Ephesian church who are Gentiles like us are being told that they are to walk in unity. Remember that? In love for Christ and that they are to know that Christ has chosen to give, to give gifts to everyone. To have that spiritual gift to be used for the edification, for the growth of everyone and the maturity of everyone in the church. And now those same Christians, just like us, were being told to walk in purity. Christ, Christ is not an option, guys. You know, we are free. Those who are in Christ are free indeed. Amen. We are free from the consequences of sin. We are free from being slaves of sin. But you know what? This is the tricky part. We are free to make a decision whether we are to live for Christ or not to live for Christ. How I wish it was just the other way. Because you know, I know me. I, I have the tendency to still make it, you know, it's when, when I sing karaoke songs and it's right there in front of me, I don't know, for some reason, I still don't read the lyrics there. I still have my own lyrics. When I'm driving with my GPS, and it's already telling me make a left, and I don't know, I just keep going straight at times, because that's just me. We are told to live a holy life, but for some odd reason, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. Now, Paul... When he wrote, if you read verses 17 and 24 again, there seems to be a sense of urgency in that part of the letter. Because like any other ancient cities, Ephesus was morally corrupt. We said this earlier, right? And Paul wants these believers to understand that Christianity requires a revolutionary change, a real change in their lives. 
Christians can, can no longer live as they once lived. Did you guys get that? We are not to live like we used to. We are to live a changed life. God has called us. God died on the cross for us, saved us, so we can glorify him with our lives. Now we're going to go through the next, next Sunday, we're going to go through the sins, the old way of life that Paul wrote here, and we're going to go, as painful as it is, we're going to go through it. We're going to go through it one, one at a time. Now the lifestyle, if, if we are to follow God through Paul, and his instructions, we are going to be living a victorious life for God. Now, in order for us to be able to live the holy and righteous life that God wants for us, we are to put on or sink into or put on the clothing, the new man of Christ. But to do that, we are to first start in the mind. In the mind. Uh, next slide, please. There you go. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, um, if you haven't been in Mexico, I, I highly suggest that you go. It's, it's, it's a great place. You know, Just avoid the tequila and everything else, and you should be all right. It's a great place. Um, we, my family and I, we went to this Maya River in this one park. It's like a theme park for Mexico. And they have three rivers there. And we, we, we decided to do the Maya, uh, the underground river exploration. So it's like swimming slash hiking type of thing, right? So I know I said I can't swim, so I have a life jacket, you know, <laughs> which is great. Whoever invented that, praise God, praise, may God bless him. You know, the Maya River, the average temperature is 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and the total distance is 661 yards. The average depth is five and a half and, and, uh, and uh, 8.2 feet. So it's pretty deep. If you don't know how to swim, you could die from it. And there's four exits. There's five exits, and there are, uh, it's five spots, and there are four exits. In one of the exit there, it says, which is, I think, the third exit. It says, don't stop now. Keep going. It was right where the exit was. It's easier to swim than to walk. Now, I asked my son to take a picture of it. And I go, hey, take a picture of that, because I think I can use it for preaching. <laughs> but this, this is my parallel. The water, the river, is our life living in the world. Right? And it's challenges and the temptation. Oh, oh now Alonzo decides to send me the picture. <laughs> Against all God's will. Right? The temptation, the water. And at the end of the trail, uh, that's like the journey of our life. But, you know, you can also see the water, the river, as Jesus. That he's there to help us. Because in the water, you're floating. Right? You're floating, and it's the river that just takes your weight if you know how to swim, right? Because, so, so that's one. And then there's the life jacket. I, I, for me, the life jacket was like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was empowering me to float. You know, I can't swim, but it was letting me, it was enabling me to float. And with, without it, I'll sink. But with it, I wasn't sinking. So it's the Holy Spirit. And then the sign that says, don't quit now. Swimming is better. It's easier. It's, that's the Word of God. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. And you know what? There's a rope on the side of it. Just so you don't have to like do this, you know. So I was pretending because I was like, ah, yeah, this is easy. I, but then every now and then I'll go to the rope like, oh my gosh, that was, that was tough. But there's this thick rope on the side of, by the wall that you just pull yourself forward. So the, the rope, again, is, could be the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is the life. The Holy Spirit and the life jackets. The, the life jacket and the, the rope is the life jacket taking my weight and making me float easier than if I decide not to have one. As I'm in the water, my life, my old nature, right? If I were to sink into, then I have to sink into the new life, right? To Christ. I sink into it. 
I followed the word of God saying, keep going and not abruptly remove myself from the water and then not finishing the trail. Right? But I followed the sign, the word of God. I trusted the Holy Spirit. But what? What, did I, what else did I do? I made the decision. We as a family made the decision to keep going. But you know what? In the journey, in the Christian journey, it gets boring. Honestly. Right? Because we were in Mexico. Unlimited food. All-inclusive. Unlimited drinks. All-inclusive. And there were like party places in Mexico. You know? And, you know, I praise God, my kids were with me. <laughs> or else I probably would have partied. <laughs> No, it's, it's the new life. You, I was aware that I'm a new creation. I was aware that anything that I do would, could cause my wife to stumble. Anything that I do would cause my children to stumble. Anything that I do could cause myself to stumble. And then I will live a life of regrets. But the decision to keep going was on me. So it's the same for us Christians. The Holy Spirit empowers us enables us the word of god gives us the instructions and it's right there we're in the country where bible is available and it's not illegal to have it and to read it but it's our decision to to have to to read it and that's our decision to follow the instructions behind it it's our decision to pull ourselves and let the holy spirit just take us along and follow the trail and just trust in the Lord because he provides that water for us to float in. He provided the Holy Spirit, that life jacket, so that when we get tired, we don't sink. And if you're tired of paddling yourself up forward, you have the rope. Again, the Holy Spirit. You just have to make the decision to keep on going. You know what? Even the decision to keep on going, you ask that from him. Because you know what? I wanted to quit that third exit. I just didn't want to be the boring dad that I am with my children. Because if you know Alonzo and Gianna, they're just so hyper all the time, right? They're like, oh, let's see the finish line. Let's do it. I'm like, gosh, this is boring. Because I was getting bored, although the sights were nice. You know, it's underground river. And then there's like sunlight and certain holes and there's like swimming areas there. It was beautiful, but it was boring at the same time. Because there's no music. There's nothing happening. You're just like, eh, okay. Water, cave, hole, picture, boring. You know, it's <laughs> just like, ah. And it's like the Christian life. Right? Your children, your wife, same thing over and over. And then somebody tries to say, hello, good looking. And you're like, oh, what? Oh, did I lose weight? What's going on? Right? All of a sudden, your boring life, what, it's somehow you want it to be colorful? You living a holy life that you, you're, you're not partying anymore with your friends and they're, you're seeing their Facebook posts and they're, they're, it looks like they're having a time of their life and you're just at church on a Sunday, prayer meeting on a Wednesday, Bible study on a Friday, and then Sunday, church again, Right? Now, again, that sounds boring if your heart is not in love with the Lord. But that sounds peaceful and completion if you're in love with the Lord. I was, I was telling my, my, my daughter, I go, you know, I know that your mom is the one for me. And she goes, how? I go, one big way is this. When I have a closing with my deals, when I close a deal in real estate, and I haven't told Anna, it seems like it hasn't happened yet. If I think it feels that way. Until I tell her, like, hey, babe, I got a closing. And she says, oh, my gosh, great, you know. Until, until I hear that from her, and I was able to tell that to her, it seems like it's not complete yet. So is your life the same way? Is it, is it the same way? When you say, Lord... Thank you for everything that you've given me. Doesn't that complete the day for you? 
Right? When you rest, when you have a good night's rest, and you wake up, you're Lord, Lord, thank you for the wonderful rest that you've given me. Shouldn't that be the one to complete you, not the sleep itself? When you come from home from vacation, or when you're on your vacation, look at the sunrise, and looking at the sunset, and you say, Lord, thank you for your creation. Doesn't that complete the picture for you? Or you completely forgot about God? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is nice. I, I want some more food. <laughs> right? If God is not the one that completes your life, if, it's, if you're not fitting in Christ, and if you're not sinking in Christ, if you're not fit for Christ, everything else about the world will try to take you. And that's the truth. If you are not attracted and in love with God, the world will try to attract you and take you and mind you. The devil is a liar. There is a word there that uh, Paul kept repeating, deceitful desires. This is what I also tried to tell me. This is, I'm going to conclude with this one. I could see why whenever we come home from vacation, we get depressed, most of us at least, right? Because there's this, there's this deceit that's happening. There's a lie that's happening. The vac vacations make us think that life should be like that, Right? There, it should be at 6 o'clock, somebody should be knocking on the door. Coffee's ready. Sliced papayas. And they're so courteous to you. Hi, senor. Is your coffee? Have a good day, senor. You're like, senor? That sounds right. That's right. Senor. Salcedo. <laughs> right? It feels good. And then you go, you go out, the pool is clean. Their pool is always clean. I didn't need to clean the pool. I jump in the pool, I come back in the room, the room's clean. You're like, man, life is good. Life should be like this. You get hungry, you go to the restaurant. You eat up to, you're, until you're like ready to throw up. You're like, oh, what time is dinner? <laughs> you're eating. You're eating too much, right? Life should be like this. When you go home to the Philippines, everybody makes you feel special too, right? Right? Like, hi. Pay pera. Hi. Right? Hi, where's my pasalubo? I love you. I love you. When are you going back to the States? Do you still have money? No more. I'll see you later. Like we go home, we go home, we go on vacations, we feel special, and we think life should be like that. We come back here and we say, back to the real world, back to reality. We say it with all condensation. Like, oh, God, I hate this. Life should not be like this. That's the deceit, right? Because in life, we are to work. <laughs> Nobody agrees. It's okay. <laughs> In life, we are to work. In life, we are to provide for our children. In life, we are to clean our, make our bed, right? That's real life. Maybe, the, you know, the rich people, they have their people to do that for them. But until you're at that part, you have to do your own. But that's the, that's the devil. That's how the world says, too. Enjoy your best life now, because after this, nothing. You're going to turn into, a, into dirt and the worms will eat you. And that's it. Enjoy your life now. Right? That's what the world says. But by, boy, I tell you, that's the biggest deceit. One of the biggest deceit of the devil. One is that to make us think that he doesn't exist. And two is to make us think that this is the life. This is it for us. So we are to make the best of this. Which is not true. In this life, we are to glorify God. Amen? In this life, we are to share what we have to others who don't have God. Amen? Okay, some people. That's fine. Maybe next message. But that's the truth. That is how we are to live for God. That's how we are to be fit for Christ. And then, um, do I have it? Yeah, I have it. Luke 9.23 reads, then he said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up, take up his cross daily and follow me. This is 
the parallel to verse 23, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. True righteousness and holiness means this. In a world that is truly against God, there's a lot of denying that we are to do. Amen? There's a lot of denying. You are to deny yourself of looking at that page that's making you stumble. There's a lot of denying to ourselves that to watch that show that's very much available for us that causes us to sin. It's, there's a lot of denying for us to, to take on that date that's going to lead us to, to that deed that we don't, we're not supposed to do. There's a lot of denying to ourselves about taking that business deal that we know is going to bring us to the whole. Christianity, folks, yes, we are blessed. We are saved by grace and we are blessed by God. But Christianity, folks, we are to deny ourselves of the many things of the world. We are to deny ourselves of the many things of the world. I am to deny myself for two more days at, at, for a vacation because I, know I need to be here to preach on a Sunday. Right? There's, there's denying there. I, I, I need to live my life. I, I have to deny myself of, of getting drunk. Well, you know, it's not hurting anybody. But I have to deny myself of that because of my testimony. Christianity has a lot to do with denying ourselves of the world because what's in style, what's in the world is against God. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Thank you for your patience. Father, we thank you for your message tonight. We thank you for the reminder, Lord God, that the world is truly against you. We thank you, Father, that we are to renew our minds, or your reminder to renew our minds and to live for you, Father God, by denying ourselves of many things about the world and reminding us, Lord God, to sink into you, Father God in order for us to live a life that is pleasing to you, to be living a life of the new man that you want us to be, Lord God, in order for us to live a righteous and holy life. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we've forgotten you. Forgive us for the many times that we have chosen to take the other path, Lord God, than to be obedient to your calling, or to the task that you've given to us. Forgive us, Lord God, for being selfish and making our faith about us instead of being it about you and living for you. Help us now, Lord God. Empower us. Enable us to live for you, to, to walk ever so closely with you. Help us, Lord God, to be able to glorify you with our lives, not just what we're, with our words, but with our actions, with our testimony. Help us, Lord God, to be very protective of your name in our lives. May you bless everyone that is in this building, Lord God. May you respond to their needs. May you help those who are in need of your help, Lord God. May you heal those who are sick physically and sick spiritually, Lord God. May you repair and restore broken relationships, Lord God, in marriages in families, Lord God, between parents and children, children and parents. Help us, Father God. Attend to our needs, Lord God. Rescue us, Lord. And Father, may you bless everyone. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.